All right, well, let's get into the scripture today. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 6, and we're only doing three verses today. I told Heather last night, I was like, I think I can get through nine verses. She said, are you crazy? <laughs> I said, okay, maybe three. So we're going to go through three verses, but they're pretty packed, and what the three have done, uh, in, as I've studied and, and broken this down and tried my best to hear from the Lord is it's taking me to a place where I feel like that it, it's very enlightening. It's very, it's, it shines light on some, some problems that I think that I see in our churches that I think if we were aware of that maybe we could be uh, more proactive, we could be better soldiers for Christ, we could be more efficient soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. If we could kind of recognize these things, address them, deal with them, and move past them, and so uh, I think I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be worth uh, worth hearing today. And if put in place, I think it will be absolutely life changing for you and for me. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into the scri the scripture. Jesus, thank you so much again for the opportunity to come in and to worship today, to get into your Word, God. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross, Lord. It wouldn't be my word, but it'd be yours. And that you would help us to see just exactly what you're calling us to. And that we wouldn't be blinded by any traditions, any preset methodologies, God. There are many, many traditions that are wonderful. And they help us to stay in line with the scripture and in line with the uh, call that you have on our life. But very sadly, they're oftentimes that which hinder us. And, and even in a church as young as we are, we start to develop traditions and we get into these routines and these habits and we have to continually be uh, checking ourselves and examining ourselves and our methods and our hearts Lord that we are on track and that we have not been sidetracked God help us today to faithfully uh, unpack your word to faithfully and rightly understand what you're saying and then Lord to apply it to our lives better yet that that the Holy Spirit would do a transforming work in us to reflect your word uh, in our lives and through our lives. So we thank you and we love you and we give you this time in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. If you would stand to your feet in reverence to the reading of God's word. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore... Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Now, the way that I see Hebrews in this section of the book broken down is that when we started in uh, chapter 5 and really a little bit into chapter 4, we start coming into this, uh, this teaching, this unpacking, this revelation of the high priestly ministry. First, he broke down what the Levitical high priestly ministry consisted of. Uh, or the Israeli, you know, the Old Testament system consisted of some requirements that had to be met for one to be a high priest there. 
uh, some limitations on those high priests and uh, some, some areas where they struggled. And we kind of reached out into the book a little bit further to kind of see that the high priests that were, that were appointed according to the law uh, from within the sinful system could not do what actually needed to be done. But it wasn't a mistake by God. See, a lot of people have a hard time distinguishing when we start talking about the Old Testament and the, uh, the Levitical commands of the law of Moses being obsolete. They think what we mean is, is that we need to throw the whole thing out. And that's not at all what we mean. No, these are technical terms that are used in the Scripture. We'll get to that uh, you know, after a few weeks, but in uh, Hebrews chapter 8 tells us that that which was growing old is becoming obsolete, is ready to pass away. The word obsolete does not mean unimportant. It does not mean uh, absolutely unapplicable. It doesn't mean that it's sinful. It doesn't mean that there was anything wrong with it. No, it just means that it had a purpose and it served its purpose, and now that purpose is to, it's still the same. But what it was going to do, which is lead into, point to, find its fulfillment in Jesus Christ, that the reality to which that beautiful, perfect, holy, righteous law pointed is now here. And so as we look to Christ who is now here, he came, he lived, he died, he did everything he was supposed to do. He resurrected, he ascended, he is seated on the throne, he will come back. He will come back one day to, uh, in, the, in the physical body to establish his kingdom here on earth. We understand that this law which pointed to that is still super valuable for us to learn things about Christ that we wouldn't know otherwise. Just, and not just the law, but the whole system, the sacrificial system, the tabernacle, all of these different things have beautiful, beautiful insights that we can learn about Christ. And so it is with the high priestly ministry. But then it flows on. It talked to us about how Jesus Christ was not just another high priest appointed from within the sinful system, but he is the God-man who was perfect, who came down from heaven, infiltrated this, this, is this system from the outside in. So he wasn't appointed from within the sinful Israelites, but he was appointed from within the Trinity because he is a son. So he is God who, became, who took on flesh and added humanity to his deity to do the work that could not be done otherwise. In other words, Jesus Christ came to do what no man had ever done or could ever do unless he was Jesus Christ. He was the one that could save us, the only one. As we move then into uh, this section at the later part of chapter 5, those are some pretty rough sermons over the last two weeks. But all of these came straight out of the text. As we talked about Jesus Christ being the son from a different order, from the order of Melchizedek uh, forever, it speaks of Jesus Christ being made perfect through his suffering and that through his suffering he was pointed to, declared, and proven to be that to which he claimed to be, the perfect, sinless Son of God who came to pay for the sins of men. He was the perfect high priest, the only one ever existed, and he was the perfect sacrifice. He did the work that could not be done 
otherwise. In, in verse 9 of chapter 5, it says, Being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So we see Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, perfect, entitled to every good thing, having everything stripped from him brutally, yet not opening his mouth and making a defense. Why? Because God had called him for a, for a purpose, and he knew what that purpose was. And though it was hard, though it was tough, he did not whine. He did not complain. He did what God, God called him to do. And he is the epitome of James chapter 1 that says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials and tribulations. Why? Because they prove and establish the perseverance and the faith. And so we know that Jesus, even later in Hebrews, will tell us that he endured the cross, despising its shame. Why? For the joy set before him. His joy in glorifying God and rescuing sinners who would call on his name took him to the cross, and he accepted that torturous, horrible reality with joy in his soul because of what God had called him to do and the joy that he had. So then we move into chapter 6, and I know that was a little bit long of an introduction, but I wanted to set it up that way because I think, so I've been, not now, praise the Lord that the storm has lifted from my life, I'm in a good place, but the, the last month or two is, was tough for me. It's like, in the, it's like, I guess the Lord let me see this, let me feel this, okay, that there is, there is so much darkness, there's so much evil, there's so much pain in this world. There, there, is so much, there, is so many, there are so many people who wander around in this life and they are completely unaware that death has gripped them and the wrath of God abides on them. And we, we, sometimes we can't see it. Why? Because... Super rich people who look from the outside, look like they have everything they could ever need, yet they despise Christ. We can't hardly see it, right? Because it, they look okay, but they're getting their reward here on heaven. So this, I mean, here on earth, and they are forfeiting their, their reward in heaven because they have chosen this world over the Lord. And sometimes it's more visible, like abortion. Drug addiction, uh, a few things that's happened in my life in the past couple of months, I just, you, it would be hard to explain, maybe one day we'll get into it, but I've been made more aware of demonic presence and spirits that linger and, and trap people and draw people away and suck them in and suck the life out of them. Sometimes it's more visible than others, but I say all this to say that I, I wonder sometimes what it is we're doing, right? And I think that's fair. That's legit, right? I've, I've dedicated my entire life to this, and many of you have too. And the idea for me that we, that we get to this place where we play church, I can't even, I can't even think about it. I've been walking hand in hand with these guys who's, who are doing this abortion ministry. And so I've been studying a lot on it, which studying and researching abortion ministry is really hard. 
because you have to look at a lot of stuff. You have to see a lot. The evil is continually in your face. I've got friends who are, you know, they are in bondage to drug addiction or these things, and so it's just right there. And it just feels overwhelming sometimes. And most of the time, you know, I just give that to the Lord. I think that's what we're supposed to do, you know, just give that to the Lord because we're not strong enough. Are any of you strong enough to overcome these things? I know I'm not. You know, I tell my wife, I tell my friends, you know, a lot of the times my brothers that I'm, I'm really close to, I say, man, you know, I, I don't know what I would do if it wasn't for the Lord. But people tell me all the time, you know, I don't know how you do all you do. I'm like, I don't either. <laughs> it's just God, right? It's just God. And, but praise God, there are so many of you who are so faithful, not just to each other, but to me too. You know, so many messages I got, because I think you could see, you know, the pain and, and the struggle. So many messages I got, you know, preacher, you know, we're behind you. We're praying for you. We know, we know you're about to go insane. <laughs> but you don't know how much I appreciate that. But I want to, and I hope, and I, and I took a little bit of time to do that, but I, but I hope today out of this section that you can, that I'm, my prayer is, is that we could all gain a little insight Onto why it's such a struggle being here and trying to say, okay, let's. You see, I'm just a part of you guys. I'm just doing a different role than you're doing, right? We had a long conversation about this the other night at prayer group. There, I, there's, I'm, just a, I'm just like you. I could come sit down right there. We just have different roles, right? So when we start to understand and gain perspective and understanding, on the role that we have in the church and the purpose of the church and we accept our role and we move together then it takes weight off of the other parts and you know last week I talked all uh, I talked a lot about the 80 and the 20 well one reason that that is weighty is that when 20% of the body is working and 80% of the body is, is just enjoying, well, then you have a body that is what? What would you call a human body that only 20% of that body works? Let's say this is from my, my toes to my head. This is 100%. And I don't know, maybe about there's 20. I don't know, but maybe about there. What would you call a body that was... Only 20%. So this part and up, I could use this whole part, but the rest did nothing. What would you call it? Paralyzed. paralyzed. If a body is called paralyzed when 20% of the body works and 80% does not, what is a church called when 20% works and 80% doesn't? And, I, you know, I don't know about you guys. Now, I know that there's argument to be made that, well, the 80 is really not the church, so the 20 is the 100 uh, we can argue about that another day. I think that we do have in the scripture very plainly actual born-again believers who are just lazy, you know. And, and if that hurts your feelings, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's because you're lazy, you know. If I am actually lazy and somebody calls me lazy, I'm like, hey, who are you to call me lazy, right? But if I'm not actually lazy and you're just calling me lazy, I'm like, whatever, I know I'm not lazy, right? I look at my wife and I say, am I lazy? No, I don't ask my wife if I'm lazy. I ask somebody who's lazier than me if I'm lazy. That way I'm golden, right? But you see, if we've got a, if we've got a direction that we need to go in, then you can kind of see where it would be 
it would be, it's tough, it's weighty, right? It gets hard, it gets frustrating, you know? And we want to say, come on, guys, come on, let's go. Well, this text right here may very well, and I've already talked a little bit about this, but this text right here may very well be uh, insightful to us uh, on many levels. It was for me, and I'd, I had read and studied this a while back, um, but it, it never jumped out at me uh, in this way. The text, therefore, or let me put it up here. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. This, this was just astounding to me when I first read it and, and kind of try to wrap my mind around it. And of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Now, let's just break this down for a second. Because what I see in this is five elements that the apostle, the, the author of Hebrews, lays out for us as the what's called the elementary uh, doctrine. Or some translations, your translation might say teachings. The elementary teachings of Christ and then we are to go so this is the direction okay so if this I mean who how many here believe the Bible is inerrant and in, in, infallible it's perfect in every word that it says okay if the Bible is true in everything that it says then we should actually read this we should say okay Paul or whoever the author is the apostle here He's writing this letter, and many think it's a sermon. It, se it seems like a sermon to me, too. Just my opinion. But it seems as if he, sent the, he wrote and sent this sermon to a church, okay, to a body of believers, seemingly made up of mostly Jews who had converted uh, to Christianity, and they were toying with the idea of going back, and they were in, they were in a certain place. They were not, not very different from us, right? They're coming, they're gathering, they're, you know, the, joining together uh, at different times, or maybe they met on Sundays, a lot did, maybe they met multiple days a week, I don't know, but they were coming together, gathering together, they were doing something, and then they would disperse and go out into the community and then come back together again another time. So if this is right, and we just make it very practical like that, the apostles writing to people who are like us and... They needed to hear something, right? And so here Paul's telling them, and he's already talked to them about what we have, what he is saying that he would like to go deeper. Remember that at the end of chapter 5? That was pretty tough. But it says in chapter 5, verse 11, he says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the, of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness as he is a child. That's the end of chapter 5. That's the context of what we're moving into here in chapter 6. He says, you know, you guys, I want to tell, the apostle says, I would love to tell you guys more about this over here. I would really love to. And, and specifically here it seems to be the Melchizedekian order and Jesus Christ being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek forever and so on. 
He says, but I can't do that. I can't, do, I can't go that far because you guys are dull of hearing. And dull of hearing really comes to this place of it's just dull to you. You're unconcerned. It's, you know, it's kind of like, man, I wish, you know, what time is, you know. It's not an inability, not seeming from this passage at least, it's not an inability to understand. Seems like it, it, it could be, but seems like that's not mentioned here. That if they, if they desired to know, if they had a love for the word, if they had a longing to go on to those deeper things, then that they could. They could. God had supplied it. The, the apostle was there. The teaching was available. It wasn't that they couldn't. It was that they wouldn't. They didn't want it. They were dull of hearing. This was very dull to them. And a little side note here. I'm going to chase this bunny. This isn't a rabbit. Okay, This is a bunny. Is that not the banner cry these days from the the huge seeker sensitive more style stuff is that and we were told this too as the elders those who were planting the church went and visited different churches i'll never forget it i sat down with a guy who had planted a church and uh there was lots of people going to that church and we were talking about the church and i said well i'd really like to just you know just as much as i can and as faithfully as i can just exegete the word of god just go through verse and just really really teach the bible be exegetical expositionally just just through the bible just teach it he said he looked at me didn't he and he said it'll never work i said why not he said because the people number one they don't want to hear that number two they can't understand that and my response back to that was is that yeah they can't understand it because nobody has ever taken the time and stayed with it so that they can understand it they got to start somewhere we've got to start somewhere and maybe they won't like it. Maybe they won't like it. But, brother, I am not called to bring to you what you like. Amen. I am not called to you to bring to you what you like any more than when you go to a doctor's office. The doctor does never. He never, ever, ever, ever walks in the door and says, what flavor ice cream do you like? <laughs> never does he do that. He says, bend over. This is going to sting a little. It's not nice. It's not, you know, but I never look at the doctor and be like, you're just mean, you know. No, it's not. It's like, look, you know, this is the truth. This is what you need. It's going to hurt, but it's going to be necessary. And so, you know, it's not about what we want. And I know sometimes, listen, don't let me stand up here, like I always say, with a cape on. Sometimes I don't feel like reading my Bible either, you know. But sometimes we got to be like Paul, and Paul says, I beat my body and I make it my slave. So that after having preached the gospel, I won't lose sight of it my own self. Okay, so let's break down now. So, okay, so here's the deal. We, we are in motion. We are in movement. We are on a mission, okay? A lot of people, and Dustin Drake hit this on the head the other night. We were in here just in prayer uh, group on Wednesday nights, and we were just praying and seeking the Lord and talking and and Dustin said, you know, I think that a lot of people have just been convinced in their own minds that the gathering is the goal. And some of you, I'm not pointing fingers, but some of you may be thinking, well, yeah. Well, that, yeah, the, the gathering. And, you know, we're going to church. That's what, that's what it is, going to church. 
And it, it would explain a lot. But let me just, as humbly as I can and as nicely as I can, the gathering is not the goal. The gathering is not the finish line. The gathering is not the goal. Now, the gathering is a huge part of the goal. Absolutely. A crucial part of the goal. I would say a necessary part of the goal. Right? But it is not the goal. It is, it is a point in the march toward the goal. I would even say it more like this. It is an anchor point or a supply station, an equipping house, an armory that as you go toward the goal, you keep coming back to get supply to go, to go out as we build. Okay? So if that's the case, then we can't come in here and get stagnant. We have to come in here for the equipping to go out there. So that's between you and God. If you thought that this was the goal and that just coming in here was you hey I've done it well then that's where the problem is and maybe it's just the switch that needs to go off and say oh what 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 else is expected of me maybe maybe we need to say here am I Lord what would you have for me which way do you have me to go so it seems like this congregation that he's talking to had gotten in this this sleepy mode right they're dull of hearing you know I see people time to time doing like this you know and if I'm close enough to them I'll call them out but I won't call you out if uh if 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 I don't know that you can take it and know I'm joking they have got to this place you know they're like you know like this right here and the apostles like man I would love to show you something but wake up you know you can't see it so he says, it seems to me that he tells us what those things are, where they're stuck. Therefore, let us, have, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. So here's what we need to reach right in the life of the church so that we can do what God has called us to do. We need to reach maturity. And in the church, we need to be maturing. There, this in here is a process. You see, a lot of us think of it. And I've been in this before. A lot of us think that the church is the place where the retirees go to spend their last few days. Right? No. It, it, is, a, it is a multifaceted uh, military camp, if you will. And I, and I want to, especially with the kids in here, I want to I do something that I think will help us. Okay, so it says, uh, uh, move on from the elementary teaching, not laying again. Okay, now this is, the, I'm going to just shut up and move on. Well, I'm going to keep talking and move on, but shut up chasing rabbits. Laying again a foundation of, okay, here's the ones. There's five things that he says, you guys need to move on from those already. And if, they, if, if you've been in church for a long time, this might mess your head up. Number one is here. That you need not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Put that as one. What's this saying? You understand what this is saying? Is that when he's speaking to those who are in the gathering, he says, you need to stop trying to get people or 
primarily focusing on getting people saved every Sunday. And you need to realize that this is the gathering of the saved. And you need to move on. I don't have to point fingers at any church for I'm a, for, to say that I bet almost every one of you have been in some gathering before where it was the same message of come and get saved every Sunday. And as you wanted to mature, and some of you had to mature on your own, you came back, you finally came to the place in your mind that says, I've got to go somewhere else. I love these people. I love my pastor. But I, I am stuck in this place. And I need something more. That's not to say that they're evil. Maybe confused. But we need to move on. So number one, that we need to move on from repent, uh, that the continual repentance from the dead works and the faith toward God. Now, is that to say that the gospel is not in the sermon? May it never be. Spurgeon said that all roads in the Bible lead to Christ. If you find yourself on a road that doesn't lead to Christ, get off of it. Every sermon must find its focal point on the Lord Jesus Christ. But that does not mean, ladies and gentlemen, that myself or any other preacher has to say every Sunday, the whole sermon be wrapped around, Jesus Christ died, has a wonderful plan for your life. If you say this prayer, then you'll be good. That's not at all necessary every Sunday. What it means is, is that every teaching in the Bible, whether it's the most advanced teaching that you could possibly get or it's the most simple basic principle that they all find all of their meaning in Christ so as we preach teach and train the saints for warfare out there the gospel is in there so by all means if the Lord calls you into glory and to himself and there is salvation that happens as the saints meet to train, praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. We welcome that. We desire that. We hope and pray that people get saved in our meeting. But we cannot forsake training the saints, though. Okay, so <clears throat> that's number one. Number two, and of instruction about washings washings what he's remember he's speaking to jews here washings in the old testament this could mean a variety of different things i'm going to put this in the realm of <coughs> sanctification baptism uh washings to i in my understanding and and in the commentaries that i've read and the context that i'm looking at i'm seeing this and understanding this to be baptism the demonstration of salvation and sanctification the washing away of water he's going to break that down a little bit later on in the book but at the end of the day the washings water can only wash away dirt it cannot cleanse the conscience we find that in hebrews later on this is this is just salvation and and i'll, I'll come back to washings if i need to but let me show you number one is Faith is, is repentance and faith, okay? Number two, instructions about washing, baptism. Three, the laying on of hands, 
And forgive me if I'm moving quickly. I want to get somewhere else. So that is the commissioning, the recognition. This is basically coming, being made a part of the church. You, you repent. You have faith in God. You're baptized. You stand before a group, and those who are in the faith lay hands or commission or recognize you. Praise God. So-and-so got saved, right? Praise the Lord. And then it goes on, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So we have four, resurrection, and then five, eternal judgment. Now we've got resurrection in hell. I would put resurrection in hell because we've already uh, studied all the way through five chapters of Hebrew that resurrection would be that teaching of the power of Jesus Christ overcoming death, sin, hell, and the grave. Not just final resurrection, but the resurrection power that exists in you now to compel you to live for Christ or to say that you are now alive in Christ, okay? And then eternal judgment. So is this not the basic fundamentals of the faith? And I, you don't have to answer this, but this right here is the crux and, and substance of most messages that you'll hear in a lot of churches. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Now, is this bad? Absolutely not. Is it bad to only do this ever? Seems so. Is that we need to get past this. Now, you go and be careful sharing the meat of this message with those around you. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you go and tell somebody that, brother, have you ever thought about moving on from preaching repentance and faith toward God? You ever thought about moving on from all of that hell preaching? You ever thought about moving on from preaching about baptism or uh, what, uh, resurrection? Have you ever thought about moving on from that already? Say what? Now, is that to say that these teachings aren't in Sunday service often? If you come to a text and it's teaching about the resurrection, by all means, teach it. But, th but there's something that I, I believe we're missing. And that is oftentimes we're stuck in a rut. And, and, and listen, if you have a, an evangelistic service one day and you want to preach repentance and faith, Baptism and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and, 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 and eternal judgment. And then praise the Lord. If you're going to have a revival out in the community and, and you know, there's a lot of, it, praise God, praise God. Seems like that's, seems like that's where you got to start. You can't move on from what, from a place you're not already there, right? Hey, that's great. That's a great starting point. As a matter of fact, there is no other starting point, is there, other than repentance and faith. Isn't that a great starting point? But the point is, is that it's not the finish line. You understand? He's saying, let's go. Let's go. So we need to move on. Why? Why? It's because there's work to be done. And it says here, and this we will do if God permits. Now, I was going to try to preach further in the text than this because all of this is linked together. And a lot of people think Hebrews chapter 6 preaches that you can lose your salvation. 
Now that I've studied it even more in depth, I've always understood perseverance of the saints. That once you're saved, you're always saved. I looked at Hebrews chapter 6, you know, somewhat in depth, and I, and I understood it to teach of an examination of whether or not you were truly saved. But the, now, the deeper I go, the more convinced I am that what this is doing is that it, it is one of the greatest warnings in all of Scripture. And that is to say this, and you'll see it, is that if this is all we ever get to, ironically, ironically, if this is all you ever get to, and the, if, if these five, is everybody, raise your hand if you're listening to me, because you need to hear this, and so do I. If these five do not compel you onto maturity, what the apostle is saying is, I'm not sure you ever got these five. Does that make sense? Now, I want to show you now what I believe is the crucial importance of not getting stuck in those five. And this is kind of off cuff now, and I'll bring, I'll bring some other text in. Okay, and I didn't practice this before. As a matter of fact, the Lord, uh, I thank the Lord, gave this to me while I was right there. All right, kids. Uh, is Ellery in here? She's back there in the kindergarten. We had Sunday, or uh, is it Sunday? When we go to Harmon Field. Sunday night. Uh, Ellery, Dinah, and Adeline uh, were down, and they saw us baptizing uh, some people, and uh, we had seven baptisms on Sunday. All right, praise the Lord, right? Well, um, Adeline, Dinah, and Ellery's down there, and they're young. How old is Adeline? Where's She's five. Ellery's five. Well, she will, yeah, five. How old is Dinah? Five? Six. Five, five, and six. Well, they want to be baptized. I'm like, I don't know. I told Ella, Ella came up to me. That's my little girl. And she said, I want to be uh, baptized. She said, baptized. Baptized. That's what she says. Baptized. And I was like, I don't know, baby. Do you even know what? Uh, baptized is and she looks at me with the most serious face and she says well kind of like a face like that like a serious face though. she says well it's when you love Jesus with all of your heart and you want to tell everybody and I'm like well all right then <laughs> I say who is Jesus and she says God <laughs> what do you do died on the cross to save us for our sins Did, did, did God raise him from the dead? Well, yeah. You know, so I'm like, I took Heather was up on the bank, and I'm like, I was up, kind of broke up a little bit, you know, but I'm hollering up to Heather. I'm like, I can't keep it from her. You know, you know I can't. Uh, what am I going to do? You know, like, no, you're not ready. You're more ready than most anybody I know, right? I wish I had this type of, well, duh, you know. 
But, you know, it shouldn't surprise us. You know, Jesus is like, you know, unless you have the faith of a child. Like, she doesn't know anything. I mean, she loves Jesus. That's all she's ever known. And so I say, praise God. So we was like, boom, you know, brought her up. And it was, her face was absolutely breathtaking. And I wish everybody could have been right there close because, you know, she held her own nose. We take her under. And the face, it's like when I brought her back up, it was like, you know, the coming up out of the water, the water was freezing. It was cold, right? And she come up, she's like, ah. and I'm like, this is like the perfect picture of salvation. Because it looked like she just came out of a heavenly womb, right? Ah. And I'm like, praise God. So I was, I was tore up about that. But we had these kids get saved and uh, are baptized. I don't know that they... And Heather says she can't ever remember a time when she wasn't, you know, in love with Jesus. You know, her and her sisters would be like baptizing each other in the bathtub when they were younger. <laughs> I'm saying all that for a reason. And the reason is this, is that that's beautiful. That's beautiful. But we need to grow into what God would have for us to grow into. And we need to move and we need to, we need to step into our calling. Okay, so... If these five, if those five things, um, it's repentance and faith, uh, repentance and faith toward God, baptism, laying on of hands or commissioning or recognition, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, those five things are like the enlistment. Would you agree with that, at least in way of saying? It's like there's an army of God, there's a family of God. We could call it the adoption process or enlistment into God's army, the new birth. It's all of these things. So if we said that there is an army rising up, there's an army rising up. Okay, here, let's say, will this erase? Oh, yeah, the whole thing. All right, so. We're going to do it this way. Boom. Boom. There we go. Okay, here's a door. Okay, I'm going to do it like, oh, no, don't do that. Okay, here's a door. Who's the door? Christ. Okay. Okay, now here, this right here is a door too. All right, we'll just do it like Okay, here's a door here too. Now, this is a fortress, okay? All right. Kids, can y'all see that? Awesome. Now, Christ is a door. This is where we come in, okay? This is where we come in. Now, I would, now this is just, I'm making this up as I go, all right? So y'all bear with me. But this is the way I see it in my mind. This is how my mind works, Okay? We come in through Christ. We come into the faith through Christ. But we come in to this inner chamber, kind of. Okay? And in this inner chamber in here, we receive uh, what we need to do the battle. Now, we'll draw the war over here, okay? There's a war going on. All right? Now, there's lots of different things that we could say about this war. But one thing is is that there's a lot of people that want to kill us, okay? And if people don't want to kill you, kill you, you need to kind of figure out whether or not you are plainly enough for Christ because they hate Christ and they'll hate you. So, but we also know that our war is not against flesh and blood, but it's against what? 
spiritual powers, uh, principalities of the air. So these uh, little squiggly lines and circles here represent people, and we will put S for spirits. We could put D for demons uh, either way. So there's spirits that, and this is real, okay? Uh, trust me, this is real. There are, these are all, this is the world, okay? This is the world. And the world is filled with people who are hostile toward God, all right? And those people are hostile toward God, and they have spirits who are lying to them, deceiving them. The Bible says lots of things about this, that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. So the, these people are blinded. They hate God. Some of them march around in uh, sheep's clothing. They are infiltrators, liars, murderers, everything. They're wicked, wicked, wicked. And behind all of these people are spirits, demonic powers and forces. Literally, there really are. This is not hyperbole. They are, there's literally demonic forces at work behind everyone who seeks to devour you. Now, here we are in the, this is kind of the barracks. And if you're in, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe, okay? This is, this is the family of God. Now, we could also draw another line, and I'm going to get away from myself here just going crazy because this is kind of fun, but... What we understand is, is that the kingdom of God has broken into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's began to birth children of God, also who grow up into warriors of God, who infiltrate the enemy camp, and they do damage to the enemy camp by swinging and slaying the demonic powers with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you must be trained and equipped, able to handle the Word of God rightly so that you can slay those demonic presences that, that long to, seek to, are drooling for you and your children, for your neighbors, for your community, for your state, for your whatever. And we, as the church, we are enlisted military people in, uh, uh, soldiers in the army of the Lord. This is a reality. This is not hyperbole. This is not metaphorical. You are literally a warrior in the kingdom of God, in the army of God. Jesus Christ is called the dread champion. He is the warrior of warriors. Did you know that Joshua meets the Lord Jesus Christ in a Christophany in the Old Testament, and he is called the commander of the Lord's army. Now, Joshua is the leader at that time of God's army, Israel, of God's people. He is leading them. They are taking cities. They are watching walls crumble. They are in, Joshua is in one of the most powerful positions that you could possibly imagine. And Joshua is about to take uh, on a challenge, a fight. He is about to go to war. He runs into Jesus Christ, who is the commander of the Lord's army. And Joshua, as Jesus, asked the commander of the Lord's army, Who are you for? Are you for, uh, are you for us or are you for them? And the commander of the Lord's army says, No. Wait, what? In other words, it's my battle. 
The question is not, is God for you? The question is, are you for God? Do we understand that? I am not the leader of this church. I am not the chief shepherd, the chief pastor. Pastor, I am not the senior pastor of this church. I will never take that title. That is not my title to take. Jesus Christ in 1 Peter is called the chief shepherd. In other words, he is the senior pastor. I am an under-shepherd on the board with four other under-shepherds trying our best to hear from the chief shepherd of how this little army is to go that way. And when the chief shepherd is saying, your little army that I have, I have commanded you to oversee, not that it's mine, but that he has commanded me and these other men to oversee is to go that way. And we're saying, come on, guys. Guys, let's go that way. And I got a, I got a 80% leg that's dragging. And I'm like, Lord, help me. You know, I'm trying to pull. Come on, Lord, help. And I'm sometimes, I'm that big old fat infected toe. And I'm the one holding it back, right? Because I've got in my feelings. We all have to get away from how we feel about ourselves, put our eyes on Christ and say, what would you have from me, Lord? How can I serve you today? Because it is literally a fact that God has called us. Now, I would say that those five, just in my little drawing, and if you want to come back and hammer me on my drawing later, let's go, baby. I would say they're right in here. One, two, three, four, five. Put them in whatever order you want. Well, I guess kind of one, you're coming in the door. But you see, it's hard to do that because it's all works together. Keith, what'd you call that that Graham said? I like that. It was the progressive regeneration. Come on, man. No. It's it's about the whole process of salvation being a fluid. It's not it's not a one, two, three, four, five, but it's a it is an it, it's it all fits together. Sequenced, yes. I like that. So all of these work together. You can't have one without the other, right? If you've got one. You've got five. Does that make sense? Okay, but here's the key. If you've got one, then you do have two, three, four, and five. And if you've got one, two, three, four, and five, then you've got everything else that's going to come along with it. And if you don't have one, you don't got five. And if you don't got one and you don't got five, you ain't got 80. And you're really out here in a little pseudo uh, mirage that some spirit had built for you, and actually it was a fake one, two, three, four, five. Does that make sense? You thought, well, John said they went out from us, but they were not of us. You thought, and you were looking around like, man, it looks so real. Okay, let's move on. Now, inside, now here's the gathering, okay? You've come into the gathering. You are in, you're a part. This is where they enlist you. You get your, uh, I talked to Chris about this before. I was like, this language would be right. So the title of today's message, 45 minutes in, <laughs> let me tell you, is from enlistment and basic training to advanced training and warfare, combat, okay? All right? It's getting hot in here because I might turn on that air. Okay. I would say in this place right here, 
is where you're, you're signed up, you get your, your patches or your uniform, you know, you, you look at, you look in the part, right? You look good. You look good in your uniform, right? Well, then you move out, and you've got some basic training to do, okay? you got some basic training. I'm just going to write BT. Basic training. You know, you're learning the art of survival. And I, and, I, and I don't know, you know, some of these military guys in here, they can, they can help me out at, at a point. But basically, you enlist. I'm sure they do some evaluations on you, see where you might fit the best. And then they put you in basic training. It's kind of like everybody goes through basic training. Is that right? Okay, and you learn the basics of it. I guess that might be like how not to die. You know, uh, the, the most basic ways you could die. Like, look, you know, don't point the gun this way, right? So it's basic training. You need to get through that. And, you know, you need to get on out into a more advanced training. Well, I don't have much time, so I'm going to, you know, free through. But we've been doing this thing on Wednesday mornings, and I'd love to do it in here one, one day. And I might do it pretty soon because it was pretty cool. And everybody kind of, I, I think, understood a little bit better when we did it but anyway in Ephesians chapter 4 he says he gave some to be apostles uh prophets evangelists pastors and teachers bottom line is we don't need to get into that bottom line is is that the church is a training camp for uh Christians soldiers in the Lord's army and there's all types of ways and giftings and different members of the body, different ways that we can be involved, different ways that we can be used by God. And to keep this same language, let's just say, for instance, that there's a, a medic tent, a medic uh, station, right? I think there's usually one of those. Some of you military guys can help me. Let's say that there's maybe like a, uh, um, a special uh, field or a range where you're training in weaponry, guns and things like that. And then, you know, maybe there's another uh, one where you train in, in technology. You know, some communications, would it be communications? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's say that there's another one. Well, give me one. What's another, what's another specific, somebody? Armory, yeah, 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 I like that. See, I know I kept you around for a reason. All right, an armory. Is there no technical communications? Comms. Well, don't hold it against me. All right, comms, communication, comms. And one more? Huh? Logistics? Is that one? All right. Okay, logistics. Okay, now look. This is, this. let's call this the gathering. And we need to wrap our minds around this. Now, some of you military guys, okay, is there a, is, uh, there's a mess hall. You forgot about the mess hall. Yes, I knew that from MASH. All right, so there's a mess hall. Is there like a place where you can lounge? Nowhere? In your bed, in your bunk? What? What? Okay, we're going to call it barracks. So you got a rec center, a barracks. If nothing else, you can kind of lay around in your bunk and rest, right? Do nothing, okay? Which is needed sometimes, right? But now, what if, and some of you, some of you can just kind of you know, easily put these things together. I don't think you'd take a rocket scientist, right? What if you got a soldier who has made it through basic training, and sometimes people don't make it through basic training, but let's say you got a soldier who enlisted, he made it through basic training, he's in the camp now, but he won't come out of the barracks, he just lays in his bed all day long. What do they do to that guy? Kick him out. Why? Because he's useless and he never did buy into what was actually going on here, right? 
that would be more relatable to the, uh, to the Christian faith. If the guy's just going to lay around all day, then he never had bought in. He ne- one, two, three, and four. Uh, it, w- it comes into question anyway. Okay, but that's, that's not the point. Let's, let's do this. Now, a lot of us, we've been enlisted. We went through basic training. We know the basics of the faith. So we were, you know, we received, why? We received these basic principles here. And we received more in-depth training on the basic principles uh, out here, right? And we, we really learned the basics of the faith. But then we came in, and we need to be trained through the scriptures on how to do what it is that God has blessed us to do. And there are multiple giftings in here, I promise you that. There are some of you in here who love people. You love people. You want to minister to people. You want to go feed people. You don't have to be told to sit down and listen to someone's cares and and their uh, struggles and their sorrows and their sadness, right? Some of you can't stand that. And that's, that's okay to a degree unless you're, you know, unless you're like being horribly mean and unreasonable with no cause whatsoever, right? That is legit because we're not all made the same some of you love you don't mind being around people you want to go and you want to tell everybody about the gospel right you want to tell everybody about it and you just can't wait to get back out there some of you that terrifies you some of you are really really good at technical stuff so you can put stuff together that captivates audiences and it will you know you know how you're like scrolling through media platforms and and there's just that one video for whatever reason the colors and the way it's set up and the movement you know the video right when it goes on your screen you're like what is that you pull it back down you click on it I don't know there's there's so many some of you want to go overseas because you have a heart for these people some of you want to minister in the uh, at the abortion mills because you have a fight in you right some of you are teachers you have a great capacity to understand the ins and outs and, and how the word fits together. And you just love, love, love talking about that and showing and breaking it down for people, right? There's so many different ways that you can be used. But the key is, is that we don't stay in here, but that we go out here. Now, some people do stay in here more than others. Some people do. So the, the medical team... Right? You've got a medical team there in the camp. At, it's like a hospital. They set that thing up. At least that's how they do it in the movies. I guess it's kind of like that. If you had on a, on a, you had to set up a camp near a war zone maybe. Anyway, you come back to a place where doctors, they mend soldiers, hospital, whatever. Well, those doctors, they're not usually going to fire the gun. Right? They're usually here. Now, I guess if they had to go fire a gun, they could go fire a gun. But their their gifting is tending to and and mending soldiers when they come in or whatever. You got the same thing with the comms or whatever it is, whatever it is. But we go out and we fight. And we're fighting not against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against the spirits and the principalities. So you've got all these soldiers who are coming out and they're fighting. And they're waging war. I'm almost done. And they're waging war against the spirits and the powers and principalities of the air. And they're watching people get released. 
They're watching people get released. And some of these soldiers, lots of these soldiers, they received battle wounds from those who were attacking them. They, they're losing limbs. And so they do have to come back in. They have to go to the med. They have to go get more training. They have to relax. They do need to rest. They do need all this. But then they come in here and they get built back up by whoever it is in here that's got training in that particular area. And then they go back out again and they're fighting again. Why? It's because the, the kingdom of God needs to be moving and, and battling the forces of evil and, and overcoming the world with the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's not just about the gathering. Does that make sense? We need to stop just focusing on these few little truths about, hey, let's get saved. Praise God. Praise God. We need people to get saved, and we need those truths. But we need to move on to maturity because we've got a war to fight. And we need all the saints engaged in whatever area that they are gifted in that we would be building each other up and sustaining each other in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand to our feet. Hey, I'll tell you what, I praise God for this church. I praise God for this church. You know, I, I may get, you know, disappointed, discouraged, or frustrated sometimes. I know you do too, but at the end of the day, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I have never in my life, and I've not been to a whole lot of churches, but I've never in my life seen a church that fights as hard as you guys, that loves as hard as you guys, that is ready to, to do the hard work of ministry with, we, with each other, hold each other accountable, to love on each other, to go into those dark places and do those things. Praise God. I praise God. And I praise God for being able to be here and to be a small part of what's going on here. And to just be on your team. Yeah, I serve a purpose. I, I have a calling. I have a duty here. I'm, I know I'm here. And, and this is how this goes. But, but this is just what God has called me to. And speci the specific gifting that I have. We all together. Let's get out there. And let's do the work of the ministry. Keep on encouraging one another. Keep on holding each other accountable. Keep on doing what God has called us to do so that we can overcome the darkness with the light. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love you guys. I really do. And I cannot wait to see what God is going to do in the, in the moments ahead, in the years ahead. I can't wait. And I, I'm thankful. I love you. Respond as God has called you to respond. Maybe you've never tapped into your gifting. Maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe, you know, after the day you said, you know what? I have just kind of been stuck thinking that the gathering was the goal and that I'd made it. Man, maybe there is something more that I could do. Boy, the Lord could use you in some of the most powerful ways. Just answer the call. Just answer the call. Love you guys. Respond. <laughs>